one of those inspiring things. Let me, let's do this right here. As we get started tonight, I'd like you to do this. I'd like you to find somebody close to you. And I don't mean like somebody you're really close to. I just mean someone that's close to you, okay? Uh, that's, that's nearby. And what I want you to do with this, I want you to share with them real quickly, what's a time in your life where somebody forgave you of something there that was really, uh, really meaningful to you? Think of a time in your life. Now, if you think... No one's ever forgiven me. Okay, well, we'll talk about that later. Okay, but, uh, you know, I mean, if you can think of one right there, find somebody next to you and share with them about that. I'll call us back in a minute. Go. Okay, let me call us back. If you didn't get a chance to share, you're going to have to tell the other person, look, next time don't talk the whole time. Okay, stop that. So uh, that way we'll, uh, we'll get a chance to do that. Let's take a minute, let's pray, and then we'll jump into tonight, okay? Father, thank you for um, who you are. Thank you for the fact that, Father, um, when we come to know you, we get a totally new identity. Uh, Father, we, uh, we no longer li- have to live with uh, just who we've been, but we get to be in the process of developing and becoming the very person that you've stated we are. Thank you that uh, we don't have to wait for that to happen, but Father, we can begin to take steps even now to uh, see you working in and through our lives and see you working in and through the lives of others. As Jesus said, you know, the kingdom has come. We can uh, begin to see the very facts of your rule and reign in our lives as we uh, yield our lives to you. So, Father, tonight, would you, uh, would you really help? We, we desperately need that from you. Would you kind of take the blinders off to things that we've uh, swept aside? Would you, would you drown out the distractions that 
vie for our attention and pull us in different directions right now. And Father, would you, would you tune our hearts to really um, hear from you and hear what you have to say and then to take it and put it into action. And we pray those things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. About, um, about eight years ago, we were sitting in our house one night, Melinda and I, and uh, our younger son was there, our youngest son uh, was there at the time. He was back a little bit visiting from college or something. He, he had swung back by for something, I don't remember, maybe it was summer. I think it was summer because it was hot. <laughs> but we're in there and we're in the process of watching this movie in the other room and uh, it was something, you know, obviously a great movie, probably like uh, It's a Wonderful Life or something, you know, it was a great movie. Uh, but we were watching this movie and... About that time, we had this dog at the time, you know, this dog named Winston. He was a good dog until he wasn't. And uh, he, uh, he was with us there, and he was in there, and we, we were in the living room, and he's just yep, 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 and he's just barking and barking, and we're like, what in the world? And, I mean, you know, I'm trying to watch this movie, you know, I mean, and, and so I'm like, you know, what, what, what is his problem? You know, and Melinda says, I don't know. He's standing right there barking into the kitchen. And I thought, oh, good night. And so I get up, what is your problem? He's just standing. Now, if you look at our house, the way our house is, it kind of has this step. It goes down into the kitchen, so the kitchen's a little bit lower. And, and I see him, and he's just, ruff, ruff, ruff. and I'm like, what is your deal? And I walk over to the door, and I look down there into the kitchen. And right there, we, it was warm, so we'd had you know the windows open, and Melinda had thought it was a good idea to have the back door open. Uh, to, uh, I'll go ahead and throw her under the bus on this one. And, uh, you know, she thought that was a really good idea. And so she had the back door open. And uh, while we're sitting there, you know, I hear him. And I walk in and look down. And who is at his feeding bowl except this skunk? And I looked and I thought, hmm. So uh, once we noticed that, you know, we turned around, went back in, sat down, and watched the rest of the movie. And, uh, right? No, no, no. I mean, once you see a skunk there in your kitchen, no less, you do everything in your power to get it out now without harm, you know, which is what we did. But what I found is, you know, we are much less proactive with our hearts, much less proactive. In fact, we'll allow things to linger and stick around in our hearts a lot of times that do tremendous damage. They destroy lives. They devastate relationships. They wreck our families. And yet we don't do anything about it. We just let it stay there. Now, I don't know about you, but I have never yet heard a story from somebody about a skunk that destroyed their life, devastated their relationships, or messed up their marriage. We almost had one, but I mean, we didn't, you know. But I mean, we never yet heard a story like that. But yet, we will see people over and over who will ignore things in their hearts. Now, tonight we're continuing a series that we began several weeks ago called At SC As It Is in Heaven. And this is really taken from one of the very songs we were just singing a minute ago, The Lord's Prayer, where in that Jesus is teaching the disciples to pray, and he says, you know, you want, you want to pray, you know, you know may, it, may it be here on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, God, the way, 
you are ruling and reigning in heaven, we want to see that same thing happening in and through our lives right here. And so, you know, we, we looked at the first week, and the very first week what we found was that God, what he desires more than anything else from you is you. He wants a life that is yielded to him, a life that's surrendered to him, and that's something that only you can do. And then Eric picked up the next week, and he, he showed us that there, there is no shorter way to get to where God wants us to be than just faithfully following him each step of the way. Erin came back, and, and she reminded us about the need to prioritize prayer in our life and how, you know, you, you don't start asking, but you actually begin to realize who this is you're addressing and, and what needs to take place, and so and surrendering your life to Him. And then Jeremy uh, uh, helped us with a couple of things. He he showed us that you know good things in your life are are really good until you make them ultimate things, and then they become bad things because the good things were never meant to be ultimate. That's a position reserved for God Himself. And he showed us last week that you know we find true rest for our souls when we begin to enter into the yoke that Jesus has for us, and we begin to practice the rhythms of his life in our life, then we begin to find rest for our souls. Now, tonight, what I want us to look at is um, forgiving as you've been forgiven. Forgiving as you've been forgiven. Anybody ever here, anybody here ever have a problem with forgiving? Is that anything? Yeah? A few? liars, the rest of you. Uh, so, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you, you look at that. Sometimes, I mean, that's just hard sometimes. I mean, Jesus, in describing how we can bring more of his kingdom to bear right here at SC in our lives, he starts, states it like this in Matthew 6. He says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, one of the things you see is this. When someone wrongs us, you know, what happens is there's set up kind of a debt-debtor relationship. When someone does something to us, whether they offend us, whether they've hurt us, whether they've abused us, whatever they've done, when someone has hurt us significantly, it may be physically, it may be emotionally, it may be, you know, a hundred different ways. But when they've done that, there's this debt-debtor relationship that's set up. And that's why we get the expression, we'll say something like this. They owe me. Or, you know, we'll say sometimes about ourselves, you know, I owe them. Because there's this debt-debtor thing. Now, Jesus, as he's speaking about this, the very next thing he says, when I would read this oftentimes when I, when I was reading this, this really would kind of, it kind of would catch me by surprise. Now, I'll explain why in a minute. But he says then, he says, do not lead us in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, as, as I would read that, I would think, what, what's, what's going on, Jesus? I mean, it's like you start talking about forgiveness, and then you stop, and you go, oh, yeah, and, and, and don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then he goes right back in the next verses to talking about that, which we'll look at in a minute, but he goes right back in the next verses to talking about forgiveness again. And I thought, why are you starting and you're stopping? You know, I'm not sure that he was. I'm not sure that he was at all. In fact, you know, when you look at that, you think, what is the temptation? I think the temptation that Jesus may be referencing here, I'm sure he had a broader thing, but I think part of the temptation Jesus is referencing here is, God, don't let us be tempted to think that as forgiven people, we can live lives not forgiving. 
Don't let us buy into that. In fact, don't let us be fooled by the evil one who wants to really gain a foothold in our life. Don't let that happen. Because in the next verses, here's what he says. For if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. What he's saying is, you know, forgiveness is required of those people who've been forgiven. As people who've come to experience the the forgiveness of God in Christ, what he expects for us to do is to turn around and forgive others in kind. In fact, one, uh, one theologian, this guy named John Stott, says this. He says, once our eyes are open to the enormity of our offense against God, the injuries which others have done to us appear by comparison extremely trifling. If, on the other hand, we have an exaggerated view of the offenses of others, it proves that we have minimalized our own. What you begin to see, Jesus picks up on that in, in Matthew 18. If you read you know, later on, and we're not going to look at this verse, you'll just have to take it by faith. But uh, in, later on in Matthew 18, Jesus talks and he says, you know, it's like, uh, he tells this story, he says, it's like this guy who owed like millions of dollars. And he comes to uh, the guy he owes it to, and he throws himself down and says, please forgive me. And the guy says, okay, I'll cancel the debt. And then he goes out, and on the way home, he finds somebody that owes him 50 bucks. And he says, give me my money. And the guy says, well, I don't have it. Just be patient with me, and I'll give it to you. And the guy says, no. And he beats him and has him thrown into prison. And then Jesus says, now, what do you think is going to happen when his master hears this? Because I guarantee you, he will have that first slave thrown into prison. Because you know what? He had mercy shown to him, but he was not merciful. See, what happens when when we have experienced God's forgiveness? God expects us in kind to be forgiving to others. Now, some of you may be dealing with this very issue right now. In fact, I would imagine that to one degree or another, each one of you are. If you're not, the person next to you probably is. But, you know, someone has hurt you and you... You really know you need to forgive them, but maybe you just don't know how, or maybe you just really don't want to. You know, you look and you think, eh. What I've learned from this is a lot of times we have this idea, you know, well, if I don't forgive them, they're going to suffer. But what you find is this. When you don't forgive them, you're the one who suffers. They're not the one who suffers. You're the one who suffers. Because if you don't deal with all the pent-up hurt and the pent-up emotions, it begins to develop into bitterness. It begins to develop into resentment. It begins to impact all different areas of your life. See, when you feel wrong, do you think the other person owes you something? Maybe it's an apology. Uh, maybe it's an explanation. Maybe it's a childhood. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's something else. But, you know, they owe you. Now, Often I think people find it difficult to forgive because they they don't understand forgiveness. Forgiveness is this. Forgiveness is simply a decision to cancel the debt of another. That's what forgiveness is. When you forgive someone, what you're saying is, what you owe me, you don't owe me anymore. I just choose to cancel that debt. I choose to cancel that. 
You know, just as you've hurt others, you've also been hurt by them many times. And if, we're, aren't, if we aren't careful, that hurt is something that we just carry around with us season after season after season in our lives. And a lot of times, you know, somebody's name will come up and we kind of, our heart begins to beat a little faster and we're like, <laughs> you know, I don't want to talk about that. You know, and you're like, talk about what? Nothing. You know, and you're like, okay. And you begin to realize there's something going on inside. Yeah, it's the skunk in the house. You know what? If you don't get it out, there's going to be problems. You need to deal with that. You need to begin to look at it. So I want you to think for a minute. You know, who's someone that comes to your mind when you think about that right now? Who's someone that you think, you know what? All right, I may not want to, and I don't really plan on it, but I'll just go through the exercise. So sure, I know someone. You know, uh, okay. Who's the someone that you think, yeah, you know, maybe for you there's a list of someones. Maybe for some of you there's several volumes, you know. But, uh, I mean, you know, who is the person? Begin to think about that. How do you get started in that? Well, in Ephesians 4.31, Paul starts off and he says this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Get rid of this. Have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed that when, when someone owes you something, the debt keeps growing? You ever notice that? I mean, when their name is mentioned, you really can't think of anything good about them. In fact, you can think of several more things to tack on to make it worse. You know, you just, it just keeps growing, keeps growing, keeps growing. The more you ignore it, the more you let it go. Paul says, get rid of that stuff. He says, get rid of the bitterness, get rid of the rage, get rid of the anger. Some of you have walked around angry probably for a long time. You know, people say, eh, what, what are you mad about? I'm not mad about anything. Why do you keep saying that? You know, I don't know. Don't have any idea. Never mind. You know, but you've just walked around. And the reason you're angry is, you know, you've got stuff you've got to deal with. But when you begin to actually deal with it, and you begin to actually forgive, suddenly the anger begins to dissipate and move away. The word Paul uses right there at the first of that, get rid, it's a word that means pick it up and throw it away. Pick it up. He says, you know, he's just talking about pick it up, throw it. Get rid of all mouths. Now you may think, well, Neil, you, you don't know what happened. I know. Or you may think, it's not that easy. Yes, it is. See, it's a decision. Well, how, how do you go about that? Paul tells you how to go about that in the very next verse. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And you think, yeah, <laughs> but, but I was really hurt. I'm, I'm sure you were. And you think, they do not deserve it. Okay. But see, to forgive is to cancel a debt. And canceling a debt is just a decision. You know, not because the debt was paid, not because the statute of limitations ran out, not because they all of a sudden decided to change and make it right. 
But it's simply a decision you make to forgive. It's a decision. It's a decision that says, you don't owe me. Now, what happens when you forgive? One of the things, it closes the door to the accuser the accuser in your life. He doesn't have fuel. He doesn't have a foothold in your life. It closes the door on the account of the person you're dealing with. You know, they don't owe you. It breaks anger's power in your life when you choose to forgive. And probably most importantly, you know, it begins to protect your heart. It begins to clear the stuff out of your heart that shouldn't be there and allow room for the stuff that should. In fact, the word that he uses right there, forgiving, in this verse, is in the present tense. In other words, if you translate that literally from the Greek, what it says is this, keep on forgiving. Keep on forgiving. Well, how in the world do you do that? That's the second part of that verse. Just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Now think about that for a minute. When, when did you pay your debt to him? When, when did you pay your debt to God? So he said, oh, there you go, paid in full. I mean, when, when did you do that? You see, he forgave you when you didn't deserve it, just like he forgave me when I didn't deserve it. When we had called his character and his kindness into question and decided to go totally our own way, when we as finite people had totally offended an infinite God, he chose to forgive us. He chose to cancel the debt. We can forgive someone else because of the forgiveness that we've already experienced. In fact, what I would submit to you is forgiving other people is really hard and makes little sense if you haven't been forgiven. But if you have, it makes all the sense in the world. In fact, if you're having a hard time forgiving someone for whatever the offense, what you'll find is this. You're focusing on what's been done to you and not what's been done for you. Because when you begin to focus on what's been done for you by God, through Christ, you realize that forgiving other people, that just makes sense. It makes so much sense. So how do you get started? Let me give you a few ways that will help you get started. Four simple things that will help you to get started on this. First, identify who owes you. You know, make a list. Now, for some of you, you may be walking around thinking, well, I'll tell you what, you know, I know exactly who it is. You know, and you, and you have this name in your mind. But as you sit down and you begin to make a list, you go, oh, yeah, well, and that person. Oh, and, and that person. And, oh, and that. And all of a sudden, you know, you're flipping the page. You know, and what you'll find sometimes is this. Often the ones you really need to forgive are ones you're really close to. They're people you really love. But you really need to forgive them. If you want to try to figure out who are the people I need to forgive, ask yourself some questions like, who do I avoid? Yeah. Some of you go, oh, yes. <laughs> Why, names are coming now. Thank you for, yeah. Who is it that when somebody says, hey, you want to come, you go, who's going to be there? 
you know. Yeah, that's the person. Who do you find yourself having conversations with when they're not there? All the time. Who do you find yourself angry with? Who, when somebody's name is mentioned, your heart rate goes up, your pulse begins to increase, and you're just kind of... It may be several, it may be one. But you need to identify who is the person. Second thing you need to do, determine what they owe you. Determine what they owe you. In other words, what did they take? What did they take? Maybe they took, uh, maybe they took respect. Maybe they took your bike. Maybe they took your innocence. Maybe they took your sense of security. Maybe they took your reputation around your other friends. Maybe they just took your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Maybe they took, you know, whatever it is they took. You need to identify it. And the reason you do is this. You know what? You cannot really forgive if you cannot specifically identify. You know, if, if I walk up to Drew right here and I say, hey, Drew, you know, look, I, you know, I just need to tell you I was over at your place earlier today and, and I took something. Would you just forgive me? What do you think Drew's going to ask? What'd you take? Yeah. I mean, you know, if I say 50 cents, yeah. You know, your entire household, <laughs> what? You know, she's going to be like, no, no. What's your problem? You know, I mean, it's going to be one of those things. See, you need to specifically identify. And the reason you do, you know what, if you don't specifically identify, over and over the enemy will bring this back into your mind. And you'll think, well, maybe I didn't count on that. Mm, yeah, you know, maybe I shouldn't forgive. You know, what you need to do, specifically identify, you know, what was it they took? What was it? Pull out a yellow pad. For me, what I usually do on this, I just pull out a yellow pad and begin to write down, you know, what was it they took? And I'll just start jotting things and, and, and see if I can get it. But it may be a little. It may be a lot. Get your hands firmly around. What is it they owe? And the third thing is pretty simple. If you've been forgiven. Cancel the debt. Cancel the debt. I forgive them. They do not owe me. They don't know me. Last thing to do. Close the case. Close the case. Just, uh, you know, take and um, tell yourself, you know what? That debt has been paid in full. Case closed. Put it aside. Don't need to think about it anymore. It's done. Now, invariably, what you're going to happen is if you're normal, which Many of you show signs of that. Uh, so if you're normal, what you're going to find is this. Thoughts will come back up again, like, you know, all of a sudden you'll hear their name again, and you're coming, <laughs> you know, oh, no, I forgave, I forgave, I forgave. <laughs> and, you know, what do you do? What do you do when that happens? Or what do you do when you think, there they are. <laughs> they did come to the party. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, what do you do, you know? Let me give you a few helpful hints, uh, things you can do right there. You know, don't rehearse it in your heart. You know, a lot of times I'll hear people say, well, I've forgiven them. But they rerun that tape in their hearts over 
and over and over and over and over. And they make sure that, you know what? Yeah, I forgave, but don't you think I'm ever going to forget that? Because I'm running that tape every single day. And in my heart, you may not be paying for it outwardly, but in my heart, you're going to pay for it every single day. Don't rehearse it. Don't rehearse it. You forgave it. Let it go. Second thing, don't repeat it. Don't repeat it. You, this is not just in your heart. This is don't repeat it to others. Have you ever noticed that when you start telling somebody about how somebody hurt you, maybe what they did was, you know, they didn't acknowledge you when they passed by, and you go, oh, man, you're not going to believe it. I was there, and they walked right up, and, and I said hi, and they just walked right on by, and it was like they didn't even care. You know, and you tell the first person, and they're like, oh, they're horrible. And you're, yeah, you know, and you're just kind of going on. But then as time goes by, you tell somebody else, and you go, man, you're not going to believe it. I was standing there, and they were really horrible, and they just didn't even acknowledge me. And the person goes, uh-huh. And you go, and they slap me. And they slapped you, yeah. Oh, wow, that is horrible. You know, and you've got to start adding to it, at least in your thoughts. You've got to add to this thing because you realize, my gosh, I've got to build this offense up. It's not big enough, you know, because that's the reason I'm not. See, if this was small, I'd be forgiving. I mean, I'm not that kind of a petty person, but this is big, you know. And by the time you get through, I mean, you know, it's magnanimous. And what you do is don't repeat it. Just don't repeat it. Lastly, don't raise it. See, forgiveness means this. Don't raise it against the person. When you say, I forgive you, what you're saying is this. I will never raise this up again to use it against you. Never. It's done. Case closed. I forgive. You owe me nothing. Now, you know... You say, um, is that hard? Yeah, at first it is. You know, it depends, too, on what's been done. It also depends largely on how long you've let it linger in your heart. It also depends on, you know, just, you know, what all you've built up that's going to happen if you ever did let it go. But, you know, I, I, I can tell you about a case like that. You know, I have a friend. I'll call him Bob. That's not his name. Be encouraged. Um, but this guy, you know, um, I, I had been told, you know, years ago before we came out, oh, you know, when you guys go out there, you've got to connect with this guy, you know, and he's great, and, you know, and he's this and that. And I was like, yeah, cool. You know, we're going to do that. And so we did, and... Uh, this guy was like, you know, uh, um, a leader, and uh, he was a guy that was really uh, um, going to be a friend. And so we became friends. And uh, in my mind, man, we were cruising along, doing well. And every time I'd be around him, as he would converse with me, you know, I would think, man, we're doing great. We're just, you know, bosom buddies. And, um, you know, that went on. For a couple of years until, you know, I began to find some things that um, the things this guy said to me and the things he said to others were very, very different. And I found out, you know, this guy was like slandering us right and left. 
I would find out, you know, that um, people were being told things and things said to them, and I thought, that is so, that, are you kidding? That never happened. What in the world? And it, it began to affect me, and I remember, boy, you talk about every time, every time I would hear his name mentioned, I would think, oh, oh, I have a story to tell. I have a story to tell, you know, and you know that. You, some of you, you have those people. You know, somebody says, oh, man, you know, my uncle's a jerk. Your uncle, oh, 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 I've got a story to tell. I've got a story to tell, you know. Oh, man, I have this problem with my parents. Your parents, oh, oh, I've got, I've got, I've got a story to tell. Why? Well, because you want to make sure other people know what happened. I know I did. See, here's things I was afraid of. Maybe it's not with you. But the reason I held on to anger was for this very reason. You know, one, I was afraid that um, he would get away with it and nobody else would ever know. I thought, if I don't hold on to anger, if I don't stay mad at him, if I forgive him, what if it just goes away and nobody ever knows what a jerk he was? So I held on to it. And then I was afraid, what if he's admired? Oh, my gosh. What if people actually think well of him? And I know I could have prevented that by telling my story. Then they would never think well of him, you know. Third thing I thought was, uh, you know what? If I forgive him, he might not suffer enough. In fact, what if God blessed him? Ah. And all those thoughts ran through my mind year after year after year for probably about a good 10, 12 years. And I held on to that. And I felt justified in holding on to it. Because this guy had wrecked part of my life. And he had wrecked things with other people. And then one day, I run across these verses. And I thought, huh. Forgive as you've been forgiven. And I thought, huh. Well, I wonder what that says in the Greek. (laughs) Being a Greek person, I looked. You know what it says? Forgive as you've been forgiven. And I thought, wow, that didn't shed much light on that. Surely that means something different. And I read it in probably every translation I could find. You know what it said? Forgive as you've been forgiven. And I figured out, you know what? This is a decision. Now the question is, Am I going to focus on what's been done to me or what's been done for me? And so I made a decision to forgive. And I did. And when I did, a strange thing happened. I didn't just feel different. I felt like, well, it's probably good, but, you know. And his name would come up sometimes, and I would be like, you know. 
And I would start to, you know, take that breath so I could tell my story, but then I wouldn't tell it. And I'm just, and I just sit there kind of frustrated. And so I said, God, what do I need to do? Because honestly, this is not good. And he said, well, no, you know what? I forgave you. I'm sure that uh, there are angels up here that have those same problems with you. You know, and I thought, well, that probably something. And I said, what, what do I need to do? And he said, well, I'll tell you what, why don't you rehearse the good things about him? And so from that point on, every time his name would come up, in my mind, what I would begin to do was I'd say, well, you know, God, he is a really intelligent guy. Thank you for the mind you've given him. You know, God, he's a strategic thinker. Thank you for how you've used him in people's lives at different points around the world. Well, you know what, God, he is a, uh, he is a very well-read person. Thank you for the way that he exposes himself to learning. Boy, God, you know, thank you for, and I found myself rehearsing this. And then one day, the strangest thing happened. Somebody mentioned him. Excuse me. <clears throat> mentioned his name. And there was no heartbeat. There was no, like, oh, my gosh. There was just freedom. Now, men and women, what I would submit to you is this. When Jesus said, forgive as you've been forgiven, he didn't just have the welfare of the other person in mind. He was thinking of you. And if you are going to experience his life coursing through your life, then as Jeremy pointed out last week, you've got to begin to follow some of the rhythms of his life. The one who, as he hung on the cross, said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. As you have been forgiven, you need to forgive. What you'll do when you do is you'll find great freedom in your life. It'll make all the difference in the world. Let me pray for us, and we'll welcome the band back up. Father, thank you that um, you don't just um, you don't just um, tell us to do something that you don't live out before us and practice yourself. And Father, you have totally set the pace for us in this. As we look, Father, as we see how when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were going our own way, intent on our agenda, he chose to uh, die in our behalf so that we could know life and we could know a personal relationship with you. Father, help us not to be so foolish as having tasted of that ourselves, to deny that to someone else. Help us not to be so self-centered and so caught up in our anger and our bitterness and our malice and our wrath that we would not choose to find freedom and peace with you because we've made peace with others. So, Father, help us to take your example, put it into practice, and watch the difference that you make. 
Christ's name we pray that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen.